This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye, baseball, a walk-off. Winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line drive. This game is over. Goodbye, baseball. Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back. Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Glad to have you. At Mariners Pod on Twitter. Off day today for the Mariners. Coming up in the podcast tomorrow, we'll talk about the series coming up this weekend against the Angels. Astros coming in after that. A big, big stretch of baseball. There's a road trip in the near future that includes the Astros and A's in the same trip. There's a lot of big games coming up for the Mariners. And they got a big win yesterday against the San Francisco Giants. Of course, the A's won again, too. They keep on winning. It's amazing to look at it when you take a look at the standings in the West. You had the Mariners, 61-41, and 41, 20 games up on 500. They are five games behind the Astros in the division. They lost yesterday. Houston lost to the Rockies 3-2. to two. The A's won again. They've won five in a row. They are six and a half back of Houston, one and a half back of the Mariners, you look at teams in Major League Baseball with 60 wins this year. You got the Red Sox with 71, the Astros 67, the Yankees 64, the Mariners 61, and the Oakland A's with 60. That's a Major League Baseball. No teams in the National League have reached the 60 win plateau yet. The Astros will take on the Rangers starting uh, Friday, so they have today off as well. The Mariners will start with the Angels on Friday. The A's actually play the Rangers tonight in Texas. So that's a half game either way. We'll come into tomorrow either with the A's two back or one back into play on Friday as the Mariners take on the Angels. Again, we'll talk more about that coming up in the podcast tomorrow. Luke Arkins will join us on the podcast tomorrow as well. That will be a fun conversation to have. First things first, let's start with the Giants. Mariners splitting the very brief two-game series. Kind of a, a really tough way to lose on Tuesday in the first game of the series as the Giants just a couple of infield base hits making the difference, including the one that decided the outcome. And the one-two pitch, swing and a chopper right side of the mound. Charging his D. Gordon, bare hands the ball, flip the Healy off his glove. Here comes Duggar running third, and he will score. And the Giants take the lead at 4-3 to three here in the top of the ninth inning. So that was it, 4-3. to three. That would be the final. Giants would take the first game of the series. The Mariners come back strong, though, thanks to Mike Leake, who was brilliant. Swinging ground ball to the second baseman. Gordon off to his left. Has it at the cut of the grass. The throw to first to get Crawford. 
And right away there's two outs for the Giants here in the top of the fifth and he make it 13 in a row set down by Mike Leak and counting. He has been absolutely a machine a strike throwing out getting right handed pitching machine this afternoon for the Mariners mowing down one giant hitter after another. How about that. Yeah he at one point retired 14 in a row and set the table for some late heroics Gene Segura coming through. The pitch on the way to Segura swung on ground ball up the middle and it gets in the center field for a base hit. Heredia running third up with the ball Duggar the throw to the plate wide it gets on by the catcher Hundley all the way to the backstop. Scoring is Heredia Segura will wind up on its second base and the Mariners have the lead three to two here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Mariners also played some long ball along the way. Ryan Healy with a huge, huge home run. Here's the pitch. Swung on, well hit ball. Deep into the gap in left center field. Duggar to the one-e track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Another home run for Ryan Healy. His 21st of the year. The Mariners with a 2-0 lead over the Giants here in the bottom half of the second. And he's been on a home run tear the last few ball games. Ryan Healy gets it out to the pen in deep left center field. Two nothing Mariners. And Edwin Diaz handed another one run lead, and he certainly knows what to do with that. Here's the set and the one two pitch swing and a miss strike three, and it's over. Sugar with a save. How sweet it is! His 38th save of the season. And the Mariners win it three to two over the Giants, and they come away with a split of the brief two-game series. There was three to two. They lose game one, four to three. They come back with a win, three to two over the Giants. Brief trip now, three against the Angels, the Astros, the Blue Jays coming up at home after that. Let's hear from the skipper his thoughts on the win over the Giants. Oof, crazy game, crazy series. You know, I think the Giants have been a bunch of those games here recently. Um, they certainly continued it here. But uh, Mike Leak, um, it starts with, with our starting pitching today. Mike was outstanding. Um, you know, mixed speeds, uh, kept the pitch count in, in check. He got through a, a situation in the sixth inning, you know, second, third there, one out, gets the punch out, back-to-back punch outs and, and gets out of that. And, uh, you know, it was a even in the – you know, the seventh inning, you know, we have the air and then it's a, the bloop single. And, you know, but he threw the ball outstanding, kept us right in the game. And our offense, um, we scratched and clawed and tried to figure out a way to, to get a few few points up there. But uh, not easy. You know, when you're, when you're struggling offensively, you have to find a way. And, and that's what we did today. So, um, you know, you go through these stretches throughout the course of the season, it's tough. Uh, it's not like these guys aren't trying and and uh, trying to make adjustments or whatnot, but it's just the the, the ball games we're playing in right now. We got to get it going, you know, offensively. But end of the day, you know, it's plus one. We won the game by one, and, and that's the goal every day. And no doubt, you know, we can score runs in different ways, and, and the home run has not been a big part of our game lately outside of Ryan Healy. You, know, you have to give him credit. He's been a nice homestand here, uh, hitting, you know, three homers. But other than that, it's, it's been trying to scratch, get guys on base, try to move them over, and then hopefully get a, a single or a double to, to, to get them in. So, uh, you know, even though, you know, the, the game, you know, really it, it switched and the momentum started to go their way, I really felt. You know, we came off the field there uh, to go to the bottom of the eighth. You know, it was just a matter of getting somebody on base, trying to create some kind of uh, traffic out there. And we were able to do it. Nice at bat by Heredia. We get the bunt down, you know, and, and Gene Segura can, you know, he found a hole. And that's what it took today. What does he maybe show that why this team is any more athletic than the lineup? 
Oh, this game you're talking about? Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. those are the games we've executed. We've executed late in games. Last night we didn't. You know, tonight, today we did. And, and it still takes, you know, getting a big hit. And, you know, you can get on and, get on and bunt them over, but you still got to have guys to drive them in. And, and Gene had a really good approach. Wasn't trying to do too much. Dyson came in last night and kind of blew us away. Uh, he wasn't quite as sharp today. Gene didn't try to do too much. Just try to stay in the middle of the field. Those ground balls to center field really work well late in games. You know, you just stay in the middle of the field and don't try to do it do too much or didn't try to hit out of the ballpark. And, you know, that, that was a key. We found a hole. Oh, I don't know, mapped out. I felt good about, you know, where he was going out for the seventh. He did, uh, you know, uh, exert a lot to get through the sixth. He needed the punch outs and he went and got them. Uh, Mike is a pro. He really understands pitching and, and game situations. Uh, I just thought, you know, where we're at in the lineup, uh, you know, Sandoval is a, is a tough guy with what Leak has. Sandoval is a very good low ball hitter. That's where Mike Leak spends most of his time at the bottom of the strike zone. So I like the matchup with Nakasio better. Juan came in, threw the ball really well. You know, he struck him out, and, and obviously he didn't get Pence, you know, with the soft uh, liner into right to, to, to tie the game up. But, you know, you're looking at matchups. You're trying to see, you know, what different guys do at different points in the game. And with the, the matchup there with Nicasio and, and against Pablo, I liked it better than the league versus Pablo. And Eddie pitched, didn't have a problem last night, but certainly came back with well, the fire today. Of course. It was a safe situation, <laughs> right, Ryan? Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no problem. No comment. No. Uh, Eddie, you can kind of see it. You know, even uh, when we got the big run, all of a sudden I started looking at the bullpen, and all of a sudden there's a little bit, you know, he feeds off the adrenaline, no doubt. But uh, we had our best reliever in the game today in the ninth inning. That's the goal. Another solid. Yeah, Juan, Juan's really been good. Um, I think uh, you know, coming right out of the bullpen, you're seeing the velocity and the stuff right out of the shoot, the first hitter. Uh, that's why we're going to him more in, the, in traffic in the middle of innings. Uh, I like where he's at. The confidence is up. Again, he has been our most unlucky pitcher uh, this year. The batting average ball in play is a high number. You would think that eventually will come down, and, and it will. Uh, it just didn't happen today. But, you know, Wanda keeps going after him. I think the more you pitch him, the better he gets, the more comfortable he gets. And he's been really good. You know, we're going to continue to ride him. He's going to be a big part, you know, bridging that gap, you know, getting the ball back to Colome and Diaz going forward. And any concern about the trying to do too much in the field with the throw last night, the throw today, it's obviously it's a it's a 50-50 sort of play on those, but um, would you rather him just put, you know, put the ball in his pocket in those situations? I like the way D. Gordon plays. I think our fans do. I know everybody in this clubhouse does. You know, with the diving plays and the acrobatic athletic things he can do on a baseball field, I never want to limit players. D. Gordon is D. Gordon because of those type of things, you know, so... Uh, that's how we play. That's how he plays. He's been a leader in our clubhouse. He's going to continue to be. So, uh, you know, sometimes you're going to make the, the great acrobatic play. Sometimes you're not. But uh, I have no problem with how D. Gordon plays. Healy able to had Healy able to hit home run today. Able to kind of extend out that hot streak for him today. Yeah, you know, Ryan's at bats have been much better. Uh, his approach has been much better. The home run, get a nice single, uh, also in the ball game. Yeah, it's just he's calmed down a little bit. He's getting in good counts understanding situations and you know we're going to need that he's been a big part you know in this homestand obviously yeah nelly has been cold you know it's just where it's at um and we've seen you know uh, guys that are certainly nelly you know struggle at times and then all of a sudden he gets hot and he'll he'll rip off five or six home runs in a week you know and i think we're due for one of those weeks uh, so uh, it'll come you know he's certainly got track record he knows what he's doing he prepares as well as anybody so uh, he'll, he's going to be fine
There was. That was the skipper Scott service after the ball game. Let's hear from Ryan Healy after a nice home run, a, a couple of home runs the other game, so riding a nice little streak. Scott mentioned the results, or the at-bats. I mean, I know you're happy with the results, but do the at-bats feel good, like the way you're grinding and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, even the strikeout that I had today, um, it's just a different mindset after the bat when you're when you're looking for the right things, when you're doing the right things throughout the course of it, whether you get the results or not, it's it's so much easier to walk back to the dugout and just understand what happened in the box instead of kind of feeling like the EB goes really fast on you. Is there, is there any one moment where you said, okay, this, I got this, or this feels right right now, and this is what I'm doing? It kind of starts in the cage. I, I like, you know, feeling it a little bit in the prep work, and then you just, you know, um, transfers over into the game for me. Um, so just doing some, some more refined work in the batting cage and having it translate to the game. You alter your approach at all recently in the cage and how you prepare for it? It's maybe helped you. Um, yeah, I kind of altered my routine a little bit. I'm not going to go through it all with you, but um, just trying to see a little bit more velo before the game, get my eyes um, trained and warmed up, and you know, on time at least with the fastball, and you know, really go from there. It feels like this offense is just kind of waiting to get going, even today only getting the three. But you see signs where it's going to get going. Uh, to maybe what we saw at June. Of course, I don't ever doubt this offense. I don't ever doubt this team, um, any aspect of it. But I think there's a lot of special things that are that are waiting to happen. And baseball is very exciting right now across the league. So happy to be a part of it. it Seems like even when you guys can't get the huge you know, power hits in the game, you guys are able to manufacture some runs in other ways. How like this lineup is? Is this a different lineup athletic-wise than maybe you've been a part of? Yeah, I obviously haven't been around here very long, um, or even in the league that long. So this is definitely one of the more dynamic lineups I've been a part of. Um, being meaning with the speed and the power combination that we have, it's special to to be able to do both and uh, find ways to win, no matter what. No matter what. There was Ryan Healy who had the big game yesterday. So the Mariners get the win over the Giants. In the podcast tomorrow, we'll preview the Angels series coming up, and then back home. Taking on the Astros after that. We had a really interesting conversation before the game yesterday about defense. Sabre came out with their defensive rankings. The Mariners are well represented on the list, and they have 25% of the stake in terms of gold glove winners. So, so a significant list, and here's our conversation. It's interesting, the good folks over at Sabre, who control 25% of the Gold Glove Award voting, so this is notable, they came out today with their defensive rankings by position and also overall. And, Mike, pretty interesting. The Mariners have a few representatives on a couple of different lists. First of all, lists, first of all in the top 10, regardless of position, Mitch Hanniger ranking 10th overall in the American League and Kyle Seeger ranking 9th overall in the American League defensively, regardless of position. Pretty impressive All showing. positions. All positions. That's that's very impressive. I, I think, you know, something that we've talked about, Aaron, this year, and it's it's great, and this is one of the things that I love about the numbers and the analytics and all those things, because if you're watching the games and you think you're seeing something, you can be validated by some numbers and what people are talking about. And you and I have talked about this with Kyle Seager, that we think that he, and Kyle's even said it, mm -hmm. that we think he's having his best year defensively, including his gold glove year. And I think that that is obviously true when you hear something like that, that he's in the top ten. Mitch Hanniger, we know that he's been amongst the outfield assist leaders all year long. Uh, defensive run save for an outfielder, he's been there all year long. So I think sometimes we forget about the type of defense he plays because his offensive numbers were so great throughout the first half. Um, so, 
you know, to me, I'm not surprised to hear that with either one of them. I would have guessed that if not, not maybe not as a total all the players, sure, but at their position, I would have thought that they were top three each at their position. And, um, you know, I, I think that that is as pretty strong showing right there to see them in the top ten overall positions. Now, just for the full picture, for people who are curious just to think, well, if Seager's playing maybe his best defense ever, including his gold glove season, why is he not higher up even in the overall rankings? It's because Matt Chapman of the A's, their third baseman, is leading every defensive player regardless of position. In fact, he's kind of mopping the floor with the entire field. Which, yeah, he's a great player defensively. Yeah, not a huge surprise. But that does not take anything away from the defense that Kyle has played this year. No, not at all. And if you look at the other representative for the Mariners on these lists, uh, Mike Zanino, Mike, is leading all American League catchers in terms of defensive value, which is pretty impressive also. Yeah, there's no surprise there either. You know, there's, there's, and I think there's a lot that to that and, and probably some of it that they don't even account for. For me, you look at Mike, he's been right around 40% throwing base runners out all year long. His ability to frame, um, his ability to keep the ball in front of him, it's rare to ever see him go to the backstop to chase a baseball. It's always in front of him. And then the last thing for me that is where he really brings a lot of value to this club is his ability to call a game, execute it, and if he has to make changes, he will immediately. He commands a lot out of this pitching staff. And I think that the things that he does for them makes their jobs a lot easier so that they can throw pitches with conviction, which is something that um, a lot of pitching coaches want to have happen. And when you're going out there as a starter and you're going to throw anywhere from 95 to 110 pitches, you're not always going to have the best answer for every pitch. Sometimes you need to be out there and you need some help, and Mike provides that for them to the point to where they trust him Throw the curveball here. They will throw one of their best curveballs because they believe that Mike knows it's the best pitch to throw. Gary, these are kind of basic numbers, but you looked into the pitching staff with Mike and without Mike this year. And it's a big difference. Uh, with Mike Zanino, the pitching staff, a 3-6-4 ERA so far on the season. The Mariners are 47-24 and 24 as a team. When Mike Zanino has been on the disabled list this year, the Mariners 13-16, and 16, three games below and an ERA of 491, and all the other numbers accompanying those, just the basic ERA, fall in line on both sides of that. It's pretty amazing yeah. when you break it down that way. It is amazing, and, and this is something to think about, too, and this is to take nothing away from the backup catchers that the Mariners yes. have because they've done a fine job this year. But Mike is the starter for a reason, and he's also the best in this league for a reason. Um, so when he is out of the lineup, there's, there's going to be a difference. Uh, I know that this year, a couple of different times, I've gone down to talk to Scott Service, longtime catcher at the major league level, um, somebody that's done everything through the minor leagues as far as teaching, evaluating, and then now a major league manager. And it's been a couple of times where I've gone to talk to him about the pitching, and if it's not the first, it's the second thing that he would tell me when Mike was not available, we need to get Mike back. Mm -hmm. Not talk about mechanics or pitch selection or any of those other things. We, we, quite frankly, we need to get Mike back. That's how important he is to this club. So um, defensively, they've really and they've played well as a collective group all year, uh, which is, is one of the reasons why they're in the position they're in right now. Now we'll hand things over to Rick Riz, a chance to sit down with the all-star Mitch Hanniger. All-star outfielder Mitch Hanniger. Mitch, a few days ago, you went to the All-Star Game representing the city of Seattle, the Mariners organization. What in the world was that experience like for you? How much fun was it? It was awesome, yeah. Like you said, just being able to represent Seattle and uh, you know go, go across the United States to D.C. And it was a pretty special special uh, couple days. Got to spend time with some family and um, yeah, meet all, all the best players throughout the game. It was really cool. And to be considered one of those guys is uh, definitely a dream come true. And never thought I'd, I'd be there um, 
you know, growing up and just trying to get better every every year and each day. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Congratulations. That's the first of uh, many. Let's talk about what it is like to play the outfield for the kids here in Rick's Tips. What does it take to become a good outfielder, especially at this level? Um, you definitely have to be fast, be able to cover some ground, especially, you know, with the parks we play in with big outfields. Um, you know, center and right field, you definitely need a good arm. Left field, you can, um, it's a shorter throw, but for all three of the outfield positions, you definitely need a good arm. And um, I think the biggest key to becoming a good outfielder is being able to take your head off the ball. So when the ball's hit, you get your read and, and then run to the spot where you're judging it's going to come down. So being able to take your head off the ball and cover some ground and then pick it back up and make the catch, that's that's the hard thing to do out there. And, and the great outfielders can do it once and even twice. You know, Take their head off, run, check the ball, look back at the fence, and then make a play. It's that built-in radar right. for an outfielder. When you say read the ball, you check out the swing and, and the sound of the bat hitting the ball, all those things come into as far as reading the ball. Yeah, typically for me, I'm reading swing. So, um, you know, that comes down to batting practice. That's the best way to to get better at reading swings is in batting practice and seeing how the bat, the ball comes off these guys' bats. And, you know, also knowing the type of hitter when Mike Trout's up, He's yeah. generally going to drive the ball, so you know I'm not looking for a blooper or a flare from him. And I'm thinking, you know, hard first step back and, and making sure nothing gets over my head. And um, yeah, but that, it's, reading swings is, is the most important part. You mentioned your arm, Mitch. How do you, how do you take care of your arm on a daily basis? Uh, just getting a good catch in. Uh, Gamble's my throwing partner, so we just stretch it out every day, make sure we're warmed up, and then uh, during batting practice, I make. Uh, you know, good amount of throws to, to second base from, from right center and from right field to right field line, just trying to prepare myself for those plays where I'm um, trying to cut a guy down where it's trying to, you know, get to get a double and, and I'm able to cut the ball off down the line, make a strong throw and get him out. Run around at third, less than two outs, fly ball to you, medium depth, and you know that guy's going to take off. How are you able to make that play, that accurate throw time and time again to make sure Mike Zunino gets it either on the fly or in one hop to get that guy maybe trying to score? Yeah, most importantly for me, just trying to keep my throw low. Um, you know, one hop is great. Even a two hop, sometimes that can get there faster than, you know, kind of a, a lollipop type of throw in the air. So the, just keeping your low throw and, and trying to get some backspin um, down through the ball and, and just hoping for some carry and some length. Uh, but, yeah, like that, that comes down to footwork, getting your body behind the ball so when, when you catch it, you have momentum moving forward to make a strong throw home. If, if you're if you're kind of on your heels and you make the catch, you, you don't have anything behind your throw, and it's more likely to tail or cut and, and not uh, reach your target. All right, Mitch, I'm going to challenge you a little bit. This is radio, so everybody's listening to this. How do you, what's the proper way to catch a fly ball for an outfielder? Proper way as far I mean, I, I right just so if you're a right hand if you're a right-handed thrower, just off to the left side of your face with your left hand one-handed. Outfield's a one-handed game, not two-handed. So, so yeah, um, a lot of times when, if you use two hands, it's blocking your vision. Yeah. And you have to and to, to throw a guy out, you use one hand to field it, and your other and transfer it to your other hand. But it's you don't feel with two hands unless you're trying to prevent the guy from getting an extra base on a tough, hard-hit play where you're just trying to keep it in front and you know damage control type situation. But yeah, just on your glove hand side, just off to the side of your face and. Uh, so you can watch the ball go all the way in your glove. Good job on the radio describing that. What's the toughest play for you out there in right field? Well, lately it feels like the ball in the lights has gotten yeah. me last week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sometimes the line, low line drive in the lights, and there's, it's not like a lot of times with the sun, you can kind of maneuver your body to get the ball to come out of the sun, but the, the lights don't move. And 
when lo most of the times it's a low line drive and you're running and you there's nothing you can really do than just hope that it comes out in time to make the play and uh yeah that one's been difficult lately and you know hoping that's been difficult for a long time but yeah probably for over 100 years so yeah. yeah that's definitely the hardest play for me been to a lot of little league games i see kids chasing butterflies out there in the outfield and they're just out there having fun how, how do you keep yourself in a ball game each and every game out there in right field i try to think through the bats like the pitcher would so when i'm in right field just trying to think okay how, how would i throw this guy or what i'm trying to put myself in the mind of you know zunino or whoever's on the mound thinking of what pitch they're going to go with i also want, like watching where z sets up because that can give me an idea of where the ball's going to go if, if you know if he's setting up low and inside and they're trying to get it on someone's hands that's a play where there's probably going to be a flare hit you know if the righty's late it's going he's going to flare it over to over the second baseman's head so i'm thinking you know be on my toes here i might get a flare or you know if they're going away with a fastball that they might drive the pitch over my head so i'm, I'm getting ready to uh, turn and run and and just trying to think along with the game and think along with these guys finally met you do such a great job out there in, in right field what's the best advice for kids just go out there and have a good time yeah, play hard. I mean, listen to your coaches. And uh, for me, out, football helped me a lot in the outfield. Just being a wide receiver, being able to track balls down, um, you know, go up with a defender and jump higher than him, and just bring, you know, be aggressive. Um, those are things that kind of carried over into my baseball game that I never thought would until you know in high school, and I could kind of see the two translating. And you know, being able to run under a, a pass. Um, this is very similar to being able to run on a ball that you're turned, you're turned uh, running away from. So, yeah, the, um, things go hand in hand and play as many sports as you can and try to have fun and get better every day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.